0: Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunaugh.
1: Welcome back to episode 69 of Apply Filters. Today, Brad and I are going to go over some of the updates that we've been up to, as well as some plans that are coming up for various things. Uh, But first, this episode is sponsored by SearchWP, a wonderful plugin from Jonathan Christopher. SearchWP takes the WordPress search engine and supercharges it and gives you complete flexibility uh, that allows you to make your search forms, search within e-commerce orders, PDF files, any custom post type, and whatever other kind of content you have on your website. It allows you to build custom search engines that are specific to a the exact needs that you have, and you can even have multiple search engines on your site. So, for example, you could have one that does e-commerce orders, you could have one that does products, and you could have one that does blog posts. It's a powerful search plugin, and it's available at searchwp.com.
0: One thing I love about SearchWP is that you can just drop it in, and it just works. Right? It just makes it just makes the search better. Yeah,
1: which is awesome because you know it's it's got all of the extra features in it that allow you to do things like the, the e-commerce data or the PDF files, but those yep, are completely right. optional.
0: Yep, great piece of software. I also like the the attention to detail that Jonathan uh, has put into the user interface. So I remember when I first installed it and it started to do its indexing and it, it shows that uh, progress bar of, of the in- indexing stuff. So yeah, it's pretty pretty nicely... Oh,
1: that's another thing to mention is that because of the, the index, it keeps a, a complete index of all of the content on the site. Um, and, a, and I believe it has a separate index for each search engine that you build. Uh, it means that searching is actually much more performant because we're not actually doing raw database queries. We're looking at the, uh, of your content. It's actually looking at a, a efficient index. Yeah, that's right. righty, Brad, how has your last two weeks been? What have you been up to? What can you tell us? Uh, well,
0: a couple of weeks ago, my wife was away. So I had both, both kids. So, so that week was, uh, was challenging <laughs> to say the least. Uh, having, having to deal with both kids and make, make my son's in, uh, like preschool now. So I, I have to make them lunch as well every day. So there's like all these things that my wife and I split the labor on. And so having to do like her half of the labor <laughs> was, was pretty challenging, but I, I managed to get through it. Uh, While
1: simultaneously running a company.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I'll still get some work done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I figured out that I probably lost like almost a day of work like that week. That like, seems almost, about right. Isn't that, that's insane though. Like when you think about, you know, I don't, I don't know how single parents do it. Like single parent with two kids like that. It's, uh, you really get an appreciation for how much, you know, how crazy their lives are. <laughs>
1: Every time that uh, my wife leaves or if she goes, if she works part time and so then I go home with the kids and I always think like, I I go home early in the afternoon and then I always think that, oh yeah, I'll be able to get the rest of my work done for the day. Don't even, don't even try. Like it's just probably not going to happen. Maybe a little bit, maybe five minutes here, five minutes there. uh, But that's it. And, And it's okay. That's just, that's just part of it.
0: Yeah, I used to try to do a little little bits of work on the weekend and stuff, and I actually found it really stressful because I get I get frustrated when I have to drop what I'm doing to, to you know help with the kids and and I, I just, we we've got a better system now where my wife just takes them for like a block of time and then I take them for a block of time and we can both get a little bit of work done on the weekends, so it's been that's been nice. And then last week I was sick all week, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> so now that we're into the sick season, that would be great if that was the, the last sickness for the, for the winter. But I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, well, I hope
1: it's the last one for you, for your sake. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. Do you get sick uh, quite a bit during the winter uh, down in Kansas? I, or?
1: I, didn't, I personally didn't used to until uh, around high school. I used to have a really, really great immune system, and I very rarely got sick. And then I had about a week where I had pneumonia and mono at the same time, and it shot my immune system. Uh, and so I actually get sick a lot more easily now than I used to. Uh, so every, about once every two months, once a month or so during the winter. And couple times during the summer too
0: yeah I, I didn't i used to be pretty healthy during whatever season uh but when my kids started going to daycare uh that's when everything <laughs> turned upside down man it's because they i mean daycare is like like a cesspool <laughs> you know yeah. like the kids are just kind of locked in a room man, all just think about
1: you're building up your immune system and, and his immune system for the next for years to come
0: yeah, I do. I do actually think it's probably a good thing for the kids uh, to yeah. to get that stuff in now. But anyway, I don't know if it's so good for me <laughs> at this point. But uh, anyways, uh, so we we ran into this weird issue. Um, so so our customers were having a hard time connecting to, or they were just not able to connect to our API, to our our website's API,
1: and we we're for WP Migration Pro or one of the other plugins.
0: It uh, doesn't matter. They all connect
1: to the same API.
0: Okay, for the, so, is this
1: for the the licensing side and updates?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. So or, yeah, so like checking the version number and uh, downloading an update and all the th- all that stuff goes through uh, our API. And so they were having trouble, like customers in Australia for some reason. Uh, we thought it was something to do with Australia and and like the the DNS uh, in that part of the world or something. We we didn't know why just Australians were experiencing this issue or or the, at least they're the only ones reporting it. And it turned out it was an IPv6 issue, which I I don't even know very much about IPv6, so I had to actually figure it out. And uh, turns out what happened is when we set up our VPSs at Linode or DigitalOcean, usually the instructions for that are to set up IPv6 networking. And so if, if someone is on a network that supports IPv6 and that network will try to connect uh, to our network using IPv6. So, so like our DNS was all set up for IPv6. And so they were trying to connect, but I hadn't configured NGINX <laughs> <laughs> to 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 actually work with IPv6, so that's why it wasn't working. They they were connecting to our network, but then when they hit our server, it would just be like, well, there is no there is no services for this uh, IP version six IP address. Um, so configuring nginx with IPv6 totally fixed the issue. So that's how long has done. this
1: been an issue?
0: <sighs> for ever, apparently, like, so I think what happened is some uh, internet service providers in Australia have uh, switched over to IPv6, but none are, have done that in North America, I don't think, or very few anyway, mine hasn't. I've I tried, I had to actually SSH into our server and try connect from our server to our other server to to use IPv6 because our my ISP doesn't support it. Um, so we had a hard time just debugging it. So anyway, that was a, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've also been, uh, working, uh, to organize, uh, Big Snow Tiny Conf. It's our annual, uh, ski snowboard conference for, uh, people with web-based businesses. So if you, if you own a web-based business, uh, and you ski snowboard, we, We all get together in Vermont. Uh, We've been doing this for like the last three, four years now. I think this is the fourth year. You know, we chat about our businesses and we ski and snowboard and chat about our businesses and so on. And there's a sauna. That's pretty cool. Um, Sounds like a
1: horribly rough conference. (laughs) That (laughs) sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really great time. So last year we added a second event. Uh, Dave Rodenbaugh uh, started an event in Beaver Creek, Colorado. So there was a Big big Snow Tiny Conf West in addition to the Vermont uh, trip that I organized with uh, Brian Castle. And uh, this year we're uh, myself and Craig Hewitt of Podcast Motor who also actually edits this podcast uh, and posts it to our site. We, we will be hosting, uh, a, an event in Charmonie Mont Blanc is the name of the mountain. It's the biggest mountain in Europe, uh, in France. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So we're, we're going to do that in, uh, what are the dates for this? So the Mont Blanc, Blanc, uh, trip is the first one. So that's January 16th to the 19th. And then, and then the Vermont and Beaver Creek. Uh, trips are the same dates, so sixth to the 9th of February for both of those. So uh, yeah, so check it out, bigsnowtinyconf.com if you're interested in any of those. Would love to add some new faces this year. Oh, and tickets uh, are going to go. Well, tickets are already on sale for the France, the France trip, and the other two will go on sale uh, October tenth.
1: Is the is the Colorado one going to happen again this year?
0: uh yes yeah yeah so we're, we're gonna have three events this year so beaver creek colorado sugarbush mountain mountain in vermont and mont blanc france france i'm saying it the french way france it's
1: france yeah that's <laughs> fantastic i might have to try to make it to the colorado one yeah and uh just show off how bad my snowboarding skills are
0: <laughs> nice man uh, that'd be great if you, if you can make it out I won't be there unfortunately but I can't make, I, there's no way I could convince my wife that three snowboarding trips uh, in one, <laughs> one year oh I'd, and I wouldn't be able to anyway because they're the same they're, they're at the same time this year yeah so you can't do both so uh, and then I, I wrote a blog post uh, it was the other thing I did called hey WordPress developers sell maintenance service with your sites And that's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) I I was just making the case for developers that work on client sites to also sell a maintenance package or a service with that site. Um, So when you build it, you also maintain it kind of thing.
1: I agree with you completely. Okay, I kind of see a couple of different... There's a few different kinds of WordPress developers slash agencies. There are those that... Go in, build a site, and they're done. There are those that go in, they they build the site, then they continue to update it, and they continue to take care of that client on an ongoing basis. And then maybe some mixture of the two. What I don't think we see often enough, and what we don't see um, proposed enough, as like something that freelancers, especially, and agencies, agencies should do, is some kind of agreement that takes that includes those kind of updates. So. I know that when I was a freelancer, it was just kind of implied that I was going to be around to help take care of the site and I would just charge you my hourly rate going forward, uh, which is okay, but depending on how well your workload is, that might be really tough to, to balance. If like, let's say you have a big new project come on and then all of a sudden a client that you finished the site for three months ago comes and needs a bunch of updates and support and things like that. And so if unless you have a formal agreement or setup in, in place, that might get tricky. And so I really like what you're proposing, the idea of having a formalized uh, maintenance service that is paid for by the client that helps guarantee the X, Y, and Z.
0: Like certain things have to be done regularly, right? Like, I mean, I, mean, I guess you could go hourly and you could say, okay, you could charge by the hour, but I, you know, I'm going to have to update your site probably on a monthly basis right? When new versions of WordPress come out, when new versions of the plugins come out, those need to be updated. And then your site needs to be tested. Ideally, we would do this on a staging site first to make sure everything goes smoothly, and then do it on the, the production site when we're confident that nothing's going to break when we do these updates. It's fairly easy to sell this to customers that, you know, these things need to be done, you know, whether you pay for it now if you, well, if you don't pay for it now, you're going to end up paying for it later, <laughs> you know, it when your site is down and, you know, your customers aren't able to buy your products or whatever the site does for that company, right?
1: I so, think the, um, the, the point that you made about, like, why you should sell maintenance as opposed to just pointing people to places like WP Site Care or some of the other Uh, maintenance services that are available, uh, especially like WordPress specific ones is the recurring revenue aspect. I know so many freelance developers who want to make a transition into say the product business because of the idea and that lure of recurring revenue. And it's not necessarily always recurring revenue, but the sense of we have recurring revenue and suddenly I am not, my revenue is not directly tied to the hours that I work. Is a very very important concept and is one of the things that we see in product-based services that we don't see as much in in contract services but if you put into a if you put a maintenance plan like this in into place then as you said a productized service for your business and now you have a little bit of both worlds
0: yeah that's right there's all kinds of stuff that you can do for people too to add value right like Like monitoring their site for downtime. Like if if they're only checking in on their site, like when they wake up in the morning, like once a day, or you know, that's not that's not really monitoring. (laughs) Or or not maybe not even that, right? Maybe they're not even checking their site once a day. Selling the monitoring thing, and monitoring is so easy, right? You can set up a site and Pingdom in you know a few minutes, and you're done, right? And the, the software does the rest. Pingdom is one. There's all kinds of different. monitoring solutions so
1: yeah Uh, i think yeah i think it's an excellent idea there's actually um on the on this topic real quick i think it's an interesting idea for product companies to consider as well i think most products like at least within the within the wordpress sphere and and most most software products uh outside of wordpress too typically are sold with this idea of a support period, whether that is a month, a year, indefinite, whatever. There's an idea of a support period where you will be, the company will be available to answer questions, or help resolve any issues you run into, etc. But what we don't see very often is uh, like direct setup assistance, or or like ongoing, hey, let us just keep an eye on it and take care of things for you. Let us install updates for you. And I think it would be interesting to see more product companies consider the idea of selling a maintenance plan along with a product. Uh, It gets a little bit blurry on what is maintenance versus what is just providing the updates that you have already paid for with a product. But I think if it was done well, it could be a nice benefit. I believe Mike McAllister does this. Oh, Iceland. does he?
0: Yeah. It's usually called is it is it called a concierge service? Does he call it that? I think it's often called I that. have seen
1: that. Um actually not too long ago, I saw that. Uh I bought a domain name and it the the purchase went through escrow.com. And when going through escrow.com, they give you two options. They say you handle it all yourself where you communicate with the buyer or the seller and you you two work out the domain transfer, et cetera. Or you can buy concierge service, which is a, just an extra flat fee where they work as the middleman and also like take care of transferring name servers and DNS records and things like that. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. it's concierge service and can be a really valuable benefit. So. Let's say, for example, I come and buy MigrateDB Pro and I decide to add a concierge service. You install it for me, you configure it really quickly, and then you hand it over.
0: For us, I think we could definitely, this is not something we're planning to do, (laughs) but but it would make sense, or it it might make sense to offer a do-it-yourself or do-it-done-it-for-you service, so concierge service, where we do the entire migration. So people that come, because we do get quite a few people probably, you know, two or three a week, where we have to refund their purchase because they're not technical enough to use WP Migrate TV Pro. Our tool is targeted to developers, right? We that's who we build it for. And so people but people come to us thinking that our solution's like a one click and you know everything's done. And and actually a lot of people think it'll transfer their entire site as well. So they don't they don't really read what's on our website. <laughs> they just buy. So those people, we could definitely for for those people, we could definitely have an option to sell like done done for you migration, and uh, I think I think that would make sense. But the thing is, that's not really what we do. It, we, that would be pivoting our business to a like, very different business. Um, so. Right.
1: Well, and it can also be a slippery slope because it could take up a lot of time, and suddenly you're spending more time. In your concierge service, and you are actually building your product, which is, I think, one of the main reasons that we've never offered it. But I do think it is an interesting idea to consider and, and something that you should, at minimum, you should consider. Uh, whatever you decide to do with it, I think product companies should look at it as a, as a viable option. Um,
0: I like the idea of partnering with like a third party. That's all, that is set up for that. For, for example, like, uh, if we could partner with, with, uh, one of the maintenance providers like WP site care or WP curve or something like that, Right. if somebody purchases
1: with a concierge plan, immediately send them a workflow that says this customer is ready to go. Here's their details.
0: Yeah. The only issue I have with that though, is that they're on our site and they're buying something that is actually not our product. And And now
1: you do not have the control to affect their experience.
0: Exactly. So your brand actually becomes tied to your partner's brand. And so you have to be very, very confident in your partner and what what they do. Absolutely.
1: Well, and that's one reason why every time I've thought about doing something like it, I've decided that if we're going to do it, we have to have a dedicated person or a dedicated team that that is their job within our own team that they do. We're not we're not going to offload it to someone else. We're not going to send referrals. We're just going to do it ourselves. But we're going to have somebody that that is their job as opposed to okay, who wants to take this one? Um, because you have to you have to give it a hundred percent. You can't just kind of half ass it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, interesting things to think about for sure. Yeah, I guess we, we've released uh, WP Offload S3 1.2. Uh, and we talked about that last week, about what's what's involved in that release. So oh, well, no sense getting back into it.
1: Um, nice to see it out, though.
0: Yeah, it feels good to get that one out. Um, yeah, so what have you been up to, Pippin?
1: Uh, well, uh, we just finished the Affiliate WP 1.9 release, which I've talked about, kind of like we've talked about WP Offload S3 1.2. So I won't go into details about it, but we pushed it out. Uh, and we had a couple of little hiccups that we had to push out or fix, so we've pushed out two-point releases since then, but nothing too terribly major. They were uh, things that affected a small number of sites, but the sites that were affected, it was a serious problem. Um, So we pushed out two-point releases for those, and that's all ready to go. We're getting ready to do an update for our group accounts plugin for Restricted Content Pro. Uh, and then, and otherwise, uh, I've been spending most of my time in a blog post. Uh, but before I get into that, <laughs> uh, before I get into that, uh, we just pushed out a blog post a few days ago, or I think I guess it's been about a week now uh, for selling services with easy digital downloads. So EDD has always been built as a product for selling digital products. Um, now, sometimes the The line between a digital product and a service is a little bit blurry or is a pretty fine line. Uh, So there's a lot of people that do use EDD to sell services. Sometimes it's maintenance contracts, for example, like what we were just talking about. Um, Sometimes it's photo editing services or design services. Design services is probably one of the more common ones. Um, For example, like I'm going to have you design me a t-shirt, so I I go ahead and purchase your service and maybe I upload some files for you and then you send back a final design file uh, is something that we see reasonably often. And so we decided to go ahead and write a blog post that explains here's how some of the ways that you can do it and some of the tools, the extensions that you can use for it. So it goes over, first of all, like what does it mean to sell services? What are some of the... Um, Extensions for EDD that you should consider using for selling services. And then talks a little bit more in detail about two of those extensions. Uh, One of them is a one that allows customers to upload files during the purchase process. So for example, if I want to upload my proof, my t-shirt proof to you, I can do that during checkout. And then later on the site owner um, has to be able to send those files back to me. And so we have an extension called EDD message That allows a site owner or uh, a store manager to easily send a message directly to a customer from within EDD and upload and attach files to it. So you would attach the final design files and say, hi, Brad, here's your completed files. Let us know if you have any issues with it, whatever. Thanks for your business. Um, So it it just kind of went over that, how some of those are used. uh, And that went out, I think, last week. Uh, Sean Davis wrote that one. Uh, And then we've actually had another update that I forgot to mention, which is for our free downloads plugin. Um, Interestingly enough, free downloads is one of our most popular extensions. I think we looked at it and it's the 10th most popular plugin on the EDD site for completely bypassing all of the e-commerce aspects of EDD (laughs) just to sell, just to distribute free downloads. So basically what it does is if you set up a free product, you can then click download. It will ask you for an email address and then you get the download. instead of going through a purchase, like a transaction. Uh, And so we pushed out a new version of it that had a bunch of new features. And so we wrote a little blog post about about that as well. Uh, And then the other thing that's been keeping me busy for about two weeks now, maybe a little bit longer, is writing up a review of WordPress page builder plugins.
0: Right. So this is like an epic post of of gargantuan proportions like i can barely even Uh, see my scroll bar on the side it's so small it's so tiny it's
1: funny the first the first draft that i sent to some of the team to to review before i published it try to get some feedback was uh sonny came back and his (laughs) he just gave a screenshot and it was just that scroll bar and it was it was literally a a screenshot of the scroll bar just showing how long it is (laughs) (laughs) so um
0: what what why did you start why did why did this start where
1: all right so a little over two weeks ago two weeks ago back in september 14th i got really irritated and i was doing some customer support and i had a ticket where i discovered the source of the problem i don't even remember what the problem was now but the source of the problem was caused by a page builder So this is one of, uh, if you're not familiar with a page builder, I'm sure almost everybody is, but it's basically a plugin or something built into a theme that gives a drag and drop interface for building page layouts. And so you can have controls for building, for adding columns, rows, text boxes. Um, a A lot of the builder plugins include things like image sliders or testimonials or contact forms, call out buttons, headers, whatever, tons of different things. Anyway. I was, I'd gotten irritated because a problem that a customer was having turns out it was caused entirely by a page builder and this particular page builder and the problem that this customer was having was something we had seen over and over and over again. And we had worked to try to resolve the problem on our own, our own end, but we, it wasn't something that we could resolve. Basically the page builder had to, had to fix it. So unfortunately this customer is already unhappy because they're experiencing a problem. And we then have to tell them, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. We've tracked down where the problem comes from. Here's why it happens. Your choices are one, go to the developer of the page builder and ask them to take care of this issue. This is not an issue that is specific to our plugin because every other plugin that is also doing this, it had to do with uh, filtering on the content, uh, is also going to break. And so you need to ask them if they can fix it or you have to use a different page builder Or or just not use a page builder. I'd seen this same type of ticket so many times. And I finally decided to just say enough is enough. And so I went on a little Twitter rant and basically called out and said that every page builder is terrible. (laughs) Every, all of the major ones, they're terrible. They have bad user experiences. They have compatibility problems. We have countless tickets from them and that they constantly break plugins all the time. A lot of that was just me being in a bad mood because I was dealing with a problem and I had dealt with the same problem over and over and over again. But it started a pretty active conversation. It got a lot of interactions from other people on Twitter, a lot of agreements, a lot of questions, uh, some disagreement as well. I realized something after I did that was that I had never actually spent the time to really play with any of the page builder plugins. So I was bitching and moaning and calling them all terrible, but I hadn't actually used them aside from inside of the support environment where I'm helping a customer that's already using one. So I decided it was only fair that I go ahead and go through and play with each of the different builders and then see what kind of review I could write up at the end to talk about the compatibilities or the bugs that I had or, the, or issues, or, or maybe some of them were perfect and that there wasn't actually any issues with them. So I ended up deciding to try to review every single page builder plugin available. And that turned out to be too arduous of a task So I had to limit it. I ended up doing 13 page builders and
0: (laughs) you you narrowed it down to a a totally manageable 13.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, And I know of a minimum of five to 10 that I did not include. So there's at least 20 different page builder plugins that are well known with perhaps more. So what's interesting is that the the market for page builders has been exploding. And I think it has been for the last two years. Um, But it's, uh, it has a lot of customers in it. It has a lot of people very interested in being able to use page builders. They are tools that people want. And so it's a very active market right now, which means that there's a lot of people jumping in with their own version of it. Um, I, so I decided to do a review. I picked out the 13 that I was going to use. I tested each one pretty thoroughly. I And for doing this, I set up a new WordPress, or I use a WordPress multi-site install, and I created a new site for every builder. So I had 13 different sites, and I tested them all in the same way. I basically tested them on a sample page, just played with them around a little bit, got some overall opinions of their UI, their features, et cetera, Uh, looked for any issues with some of the default, like with the default setup, no plugins. And then I had a series of plugins uh, from our own team that we've built that we know of compatibilities with. So they're ones that certain features, whether there was short codes or formatting or something, we've seen problems with page builders within these plugins. So I took those plugins and then I activated them and then I tested for all those compatibility issues and I took down notes on what worked, what didn't work, what did I like, what did I not like. And then I wrote it all up into a reveal Uh, and ended up being just under 10,000 words. Um, So it took a little while um, and consumed about two weeks of my life. (laughs) (laughs) But I got it done, so.
0: Yeah, man, uh, and you've been getting huge props on Twitter, I think, uh, for, for your efforts, so, so congratulations uh, on that. Well, <laughs>
1: thanks. I think it was I think it was worth it. Um, honestly, I think we could have gone a lot more in-depth with it. I think there's a lot of things that we could have looked at a lot more. For example, I, I didn't look at code quality. I didn't look at extensibility. I didn't look at performance. I didn't look at... Um, Like how well does every single feature within the plugins work? I really did it at kind of a surface level of here. Let me do these like quick five to 10 things and check for their compatibilities. How easy is it to use? How well does it work in the defaults, et cetera. But we could have gone so much further, but there was only so far you can go when you're reviewing 13 different plugins in one, one post. Right. Um,
0: Should we go over like the ones that kind of maybe the first, the three that kind of came out on top?
1: Sure. So of the 13, I found three that I really, really liked and, and realized that I was going into this claiming that every single page builder is terrible. And so I was glad that I actually found that at the end, there were some that were really, really good. Oh, and one other feature that it's important to mention that I was covering was like the idea of content lock-in. So if I build content within a page builder and then I choose to disable the page builder or switch to a different one, do I lose my content? Uh, yeah. Was one of the important things, and that was. I, so I think
0: developers, like I think that that for developers is important. For anyone else, it's not important, right?
1: Uh, so I it, disagree. You think? I, I think uh, it's incre- okay, incredibly I, important for okay, developers. Okay, I'll
0: let me rephrase. Important, sure. maybe not, but in what perceived importance?
1: <laughs> like sure. if someone
0: who's not a developer sees that, oh, it. it if you stop using it, then it'll. You know your site will still work. They'll be, they won't even really see like the, that as a huge selling point, right? Until like, they
1: actually have to migrate content because exactly. they deactivate. It. So <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those that I, it, you're right that developers will see it as an issue before they get into the problem. Yeah. Um, most end users will only realize it's an issue once it's already affected them and it's too late.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: which is one of the reasons why I think it's really important. Because yep. if somebody it's, knows a problem's going to happen, they can work around it. They can plan for it. If it's an unexpected, that's pretty drastic. All right. So the three that I felt came out on top were Taylor, which is a, real, a nice, simple one from WordPress.org. Uh, Poodle Page Builder is another one from WordPress.org. And then Beaver Builder, which is a commercial plugin available from beaverbuilder.com. Uh, those were the top three for, out of the 13 that I reviewed based on my own personal opinion, just which do I like the best. The, 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 issues, the compatibility issues that I looked for, uh, the feature sets, et cetera. Right. One so of that, the, so that's
0: poodle as in P O O T L E not poodle as in the dog, <laughs> right?
1: Isn't, isn't the dog spelled P O T L E or is that a D?
0: I think it's a, oh, you're po- right. It poodle. is a D. It
1: uses a D. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah that's that's something I've been thinking of it as the dog this entire time.
0: <laughs> well, when you said it, I was like, I was thinking, yeah, that sounds like the dog, but then I'm looking at it like, that's not the dog
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, there were, there was a a couple of things that I, that I also thought were really important in these um, and to, one of the reasons why I picked a Taylor and poodle uh, were that page builders have, I think, an unfortunate habit of not putting enough separation between the idea of content creation and layout creation. Um, For example, a layout creation would be to say, I'm gonna set up the columns, my, my rows, where content is going to go on the page. Content creation is actually filling in each of those areas. So a lot of the page builders provide things like contact forms, testimonials, staff post types, team post types, um, post sliders, um, a whole bunch of other things that really fall in the realm of content. They're they're very much features, but they are still content creation. And so they put those in as elements within the builders that you can then put inside of the layout. And what that ends up causing is further content locking. Because if I decide that I can no longer use this builder and I wanna use a different builder, but I put my testimonials and my contacts and my contact form inside of that Builder Plugins features, all of that data is now gone if I switch to a different Builder. And so a lot of the plugins really didn't have a clear definition between layout creation and content creation. The three that I picked, Taylor, Poodle, and Beaver Builder, all had a much better separation between the two. Beaver Builder was had the least separation of the three, but it wasn't as much of an offender as some of the other plugins.
0: Is that is that the problem there that they're trying to go to the extreme of of making it a what you see is what you get kind of builder versus I think
1: I think it's that combined with the all-in-one aspect. So if we look at like right. where the first page builders within the WordPress ecosystem came from, they came from the commercial themes theme industry. They came from theme forest basically. And if we look back 3 years to the earlier commercial theme industry, one of the things that was really really popular was all-in-one themes that have 10,000 layouts, all of these different features, contact forms, testimonials, staff post types, photo galleries, etc. All of these features that we've as a as an ecosystem have realized much are much better suited inside of plugins that are then theme agnostic and can be easily transported between themes. And so this is this is the area that these page builders first came out of because these people were building these all-in-one themes that had all these features, and then they said, all right, let's have layout creation too. So then that layout creation tool set, those tool sets, got pulled out of the theme and put into plugins But all of those features for contact forms, testimonials, et cetera, stayed in those page builders. Um, And so I think it makes sense that they have them, but I think we need to go a step further and realize that those should not be there, at least in in my opinion. What we should be doing is a page builder should be a layout builder, and it it can have a lot of style aspects to it, but in terms of the actual content creation, I think we need to be careful. Um, I would much prefer that we see them take use of say like, okay, you want a contact form? Well, we already know that you have formidable or gravity forms or ninja forms or Caldera forms activated. So let's just natively integrate those into the builder, but we shouldn't be providing the contact form itself.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I don't think I've ever used a builder. (laughs) I'm curious. So how I'm curious how like you envision like the separation. So, so you would, basically create like a layout or a template or like kind of whatever you want to call it, where you kind of organize the columns and kind of build the, the frame kind of, of the, of the page and then maybe give it a name. And then you apply that to a page that you're creating. You like, you select the template or the layout and then you enter the content into it. So it's like a, this there's separation between those two processes
1: Is that, is that right? Like, yeah. And so some of the, some of the builders actually did that really, really well. Like the three that I picked, let's use Taylor, for example. Um, Taylor gives you a, a visual builder screen that looks and feels almost exactly like the customizer, which is one of the reasons why I really liked it, uh, because it felt very native. And one of the things that it does is it provides you a like they they usually call them elements or modules or something like that. Basically, an element that can be put into the builder into the builder layout. And so, some of the builder plugins will auto detect all of the different shortcodes that are registered in WordPress. And so, it'll say like, "Add shortcode." Okay, which shortcode do you want to register? Well, I want to add my form shortcode from Ninja Forms. Great, we can do that. Um, some of them just give you a text widget where you can then place the shortcode. But it's still all of the content from other plugins that are in the shortcodes and stuff like that is perfectly accessible. Um, And I think that's what we need to encourage more of. And the the plugins I picked as my three favorites all did that pretty well, Um, especially Taylor and Poodle.
0: How do these page builders work? Like, do they work well with responsive? Like, it just seems weird to me to like lay things out in columns and stuff in, in the age of responsive web design. It seems like you need more there needs to be more thought into how those layouts are going to appear on small screens versus medium screens versus larger screens. Uh,
1: I, didn't, I didn't do much with that testing. Um, I did notice that several of the builders, Taylor, for example, has it, um, do have uh, preset views set up to view the, the final page layout on a mobile view or a tablet or a desktop. So they've got those responsive controls to see what it looks like on each one, so they're accounting for it. not all of them are, but definitely some are
0: yeah, uh, okay. But
1: I think it's a definitely a super important question to look at
0: yeah um, I, I i'd be I'd be curious I'm curious how they manage that right It seems very like i mean if you've ever done any responsive web design it's already pretty freaking complicated even when you have all the controls <laughs> and and so to to do it drag and drop just seems like it would be super challenging but yeah,
1: yeah I'm there not, might be I'm not there might be a sure. way yeah. um and and there was one other aspect that i looked at that i i think is an important and it was a discussion that i wanted to have and i knew it would happen But several people came back and it was basically just uh, like, why does this even matter? Like, of all things to criticize, this is what you're criticizing, and that's fine. But is how natively does it feel and fit within the WordPress user interface? Uh, I've always been a huge proponent for trying to build seamless experiences. So if you're building a plugin that works within WordPress, your UIs should feel like WordPress. I've felt that way since day one, uh, and I still do. But it's not just a personal opinion for me. I believe it's something that is critically important for all developers and all product designers for helping to create a cohesive ecosystem that has a consistently good user experience. And so one of the things that I I noted and it was one of the very first things I noted in the review for every single page builder is that if it deviates from standard UIs within WordPress and feels very out of place, it was a huge negative mark in in like my overall opinion of it because and 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 sometimes this is not always true but i have always felt and and overall i think it's proven to be a pretty accurate assumption that products plugins themes etc that impose their own ui that is drastically different than wordpress overall are not thinking about and do not have great care for the overall user experience and I think that that can say a lot about the quality of a product. So it's not always the case, but I think it's I think it's pretty pretty accurate. Uh, and and so if you look at the three that I gave the my my favorite picks, they were also just happened to be the three that fit perfectly within the WordPress UI.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, consistency is a big part of user experience. A good user experience for for the UI to be consistent. So if you go from from a certain WordPress page and then you end up on this builder and it's like completely different. It, it's almost like, well, have I gone to a third party website or where am I? Right. Like what, what is this? You know, people can well, get confused pretty easily. I think it's also
1: really important as builders are more and more prevalent, especially as they are included in a lot of the super popular themes, take Avada, for example. Um, there's going to be a very large chunk of the, of the WordPress user base that a builder was the very one of the very first experiences they had with WordPress, and so to them it is a default. And so our product design decisions are affecting the default expectations for user base, the user base. And so that I think is really important to think about. Um, one of my favorite examples of like where you can see somebody else that has really cared about this is the, the Apple App Store in iOS. One of the things that iOS apps do do very well overall is have a uniform experience for how apps should work. Not, not every, not every app is the same, but overall almost all apps have a general feel and experience to them that still, still feels like an Apple experience. It still feels like iOS. It's not this drastic uh, divergence between two apps and having a completely different experience. Um, while where somebody puts their, like how somebody puts their controls for their app is different than somebody else's, things like settings or general tools they use, buttons, menus, et cetera, are overall pretty consistent. And I think that has has overall made the Apple App Store very successful, uh, as is obviously one of the elements. There's many, many others, but... uh, I
0: think think Apple's... uh review process is pretty i've never tried to put a get an app through the review process but i've heard stories that it's they're very strict about what what gets through and what doesn't so i imagine i imagine like that has a lot to do with with uh, the you know the experience that everyone's uh, yeah the consistency so, yeah yeah
1: i think i think it's super important and uh anyway, so it was a pretty long review. Uh if you are interested in it, you can go find it. It's at pippinsplugins.com. Uh if you just go to the blog or scroll down on the homepage, you'll find it there. Uh and sit down with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or whatever is your your drink of choice and and plan for an hour because it's pretty it's pretty long if you want to read it. Yeah. But so far it's been had some pretty positive feedback.
0: I got three quarters of the way through, so I think I did pretty well. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, share in the comments how far you get through the post.
1: (laughs) There we go.
0: Nice. Well, should we wrap it up?
1: Yep. I think that'll do it for today.
0: All right. Uh, Well, thanks again to our sponsor, SearchWP. So that's searchwp.com. Go check it out. Yeah. And uh, talk to you next time.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening. Cheers.